Welcome to Imperfection in Progress, a podcast for ambitious women who are people pleasers, perfectionists, or procrastinators. Want to feel less stress and more joy in your life? Then this is for you. I'm your host, Don Calvinisti. On today's show, I'm joined by Tati Garcia, a licensed professional counselor and coach specializing in high-functioning anxiety and the host of the podcast, Calmly Coping. Her passion lies in guiding ambitious achievers to overcome anxiety and burnout so they can feel calmer from within and stop overthinking everything. Tati has thousands of hours of experience helping clients and uses evidence-based approaches, including mindfulness, self-compassion, and positive psychology to help high achievers make improvements in their mindset, self-care, and work-life balance. When she's not meeting with clients or recording podcast episodes, you'll find her reading thrillers and personal development books, crocheting or doing anything creative, or spending time with friends and family. If you find yourself overthinking or spending more time on the negative or what could go wrong than what is going well, this episode is for you, my friend. Here's my conversation with Tati. Today on Imperfection in Progress, we have an amazing guest, Tati Garcia, and we're talking about high-functioning anxiety. Welcome to the podcast, Tati. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and to talk more about high-functioning anxiety. I think this is an area where when people maybe are really good at what they do, they're kicking it out of the ballpark, they're just doing the things, maybe they're running their own business, or maybe they're just in a position where they're really great at what they do. Often, I think the word anxiety doesn't always appear obvious. And so I think it would be really interesting for you to tell us what is high-functioning anxiety, but how does it also show up? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And of course, not everybody who is high achieving and doing well is going to be struggling with anxiety or, you know, high functioning anxiety. But really, what anxiety is, it's when you are oftentimes worrying or in a state of like fear, but it's the source of the fear is not always rational. Okay. So, you know, for example, if you are feeling nervous about a quiz that's coming up or a meeting that you have or something like that, then it's going to be understandable to feel nervous. But what happens with anxiety is that the fears are often exaggerated. So we're focusing on like the worst case scenario or, you know, the worst possible thing that can happen feels very real and very likely. If we're looking at the situation with a meeting, for example, then you might fear, okay, if I don't do well or speak up in this meeting, then I'm going to be fired or I'm going to lose my job and everything's going to fall apart. And so with high functioning anxiety, the difference between that and just, you know, the typical anxiety is that, of course, there is overlap. The two aren't mutually exclusive. So somebody with like, let's say, a diagnosable anxiety disorder may or may not also have high-functioning anxiety and vice versa. If you have high-functioning anxiety, you may not necessarily have a diagnosable anxiety disorder, but you could. So essentially, when you are somebody who's having or experiencing high-functioning anxiety, you're oftentimes appear to be successful, doing well, and achieving on the outside 
Whereas on the inside, you have this fear that, okay, if I stop or slow down, then everything's going to fall apart. It's this really strong fear and worry that something bad is going to happen. And sometimes it may not be conscious. You may not be always thinking these thoughts. You know, you can, but it can show up as overworking and pushing harder because um, you just want to do as much as you possibly can to avoid negative consequences. It can show up as overthinking things and over planning or over analyzing things that come up. It could show up as self-doubt. So maybe you're questioning yourself and and how well you're doing and, and having a lot of negative thoughts about that. And it can also show up as this feeling of like it's never good enough. So as much as you do, you can feel like, okay, I, I still feel as though I need to keep achieving more. I need to keep doing more because I still don't feel like I've done enough. I think this is such an interesting area in that you coach people that are in this. Why is it that you came to this? What is it that brought you to this area? So really, it's from personal experience. So I have experienced anxiety for pretty much as long as I can remember. Like I can remember being in elementary school and just feeling anxious and feeling worried about what other people are going to think of me. And I didn't realize that this was anxiety until I was in college because especially, you know, when I was younger, not that it was like massively long ago, but still even like 15, 20 years ago, mental health wasn't talked about in the same way that it is today. I wasn't aware that anxiety was even a thing until I got to college and then started to experience more significant anxiety and panic. And that combined with kind of my ambitious and high achieving tendencies to be pushing myself beyond my limits. And once I got into my career, always doubting myself and putting tons of pressure on myself. And so then when I eventually went into private practice as a therapist, I started to be more interested in helping high achievers who were struggling with this and kind of came upon this phrase of high functioning anxiety. And that was like when it clicked into place. And I was like, wow, this is a really familiar experience for me and something that I had never really heard put into words in that way before. And then I started to just, as I talked about this more, came upon other people who really resonated with this. And it seemed like it was just kind of like that light bulb going off for people that, you know, they saw this list of traits and were like, oh, that's me. And I never realized that this was a thing or that other people had this similar experience. And so I think there is that sense of like community and and understanding and in realizing that you're not alone in feeling this way. And then also like the next step of there's something that can be done. Like you don't have to stay stuck in this place. Because for me, it took me going to a place of burnout where I was so drained and anxious and frustrated and overwhelmed and like had nothing left to give from my job before I I quit and became self-employed to get me to a point where where I started to make changes. And because burnout and high functioning anxiety can go hand in hand with each other so often because high achievers tend to have really high expectations for themselves. They want to always be doing the best and doing more. And so if you're not taking the proper time to rest and recharge, then 
that can ultimately lead to burnout and having nothing left to give. So I want to help to prevent people from getting to that place and and prevent them from always doubting themselves or always overthinking things or always fearing the worst. I'm so excited to invite you to the Elevated Entrepreneur Masterclass Series. This free 12-day online series features 12 incredible women experts helping female entrepreneurs to release the hustle and grind of business and step into clarity and ease with intuitive strategies. If you would like to build your business with more simplicity and flow and less overwhelm and stress, then this is for you. And as an added bonus, you will have access to free resources from our experts worth over $600 just for registering. Register for the Elevated Entrepreneur Masterclass Series right now at elevatedseries.com. And if you want to up-level your Masterclass experience, or you've missed a few days, just grab the VIP All Access Pass for one-year access to the entire series for just $47. Now, back to the episode. My audience here is often people who are perfectionists, who are people-pleasers, who are procrastinators. But the perfectionism, that high expectation you talk about, is usually almost across the board. And one thing that I definitely have heard is people who are talking symptoms that sound like anxiety, but yet, like like we said before, like they're doing the things, they're working really hard, again, with those really high expectations. And thinking that that anxiety is normal, that's just how it is if you're really driven, if you're really busy, that that's just something you should expect. And I would love for you to break that down because I don't believe that's true. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's great that you have brought this to light because, you know, many times what I notice in the clients and students that I work with is that there's this belief that like I need to be really hard on myself. I need to be really pushing myself in order to do well. And, you know, it becomes diminishing returns at a certain point because there is some kind of like pushing yourself that's necessary to get things done, but not in a forceful way. I think that we're able to do and accomplish things more than we have faith in ourselves to do. And so then, you know, once you get beyond the point of, okay, I need to kind of have this drive to do this, whatever it is that you're doing, accomplish this thing, get this job or work with this client, um, Anything above and beyond that, especially if it is those negative thoughts and expectations like I need to do this perfectly or I'm not doing good enough, you know, I need to try harder or it'll never be good enough or whatever it is, is not helping you to get things done. It's actually just making you feel worse. And so that's when we can create our own suffering. Like we can make things more challenging for ourselves because we Many of us, especially in Western culture, have ingrained that we need to be hard on ourselves in order to do well. If you think of like the coach who yells at the kid, like you need to just keep going, you're not doing good enough, whatever, as like a way of motivating them. We all have that kind of internal mean coach within us. And we think that, okay, I just need to be hard on myself, be mean to myself, and then that's going to help me to get things done. But really, it's the opposite. So you may have experienced that being hard on yourself helped you to get things done. But in the long run, you know, when it comes to really working towards long-term goals, 
that is oftentimes, like I said before, it's just beating you down and just creating more of those negative thoughts and fears. And that's going to just create more stress and anxiety. Ultimately, what I like to encourage is self-compassion. And that's just the act of being kind to yourself, speaking to yourself as you would to a friend. Many times people think that, okay, well, if I'm too nice to myself, if I'm too understanding that I'm not going to get anything done. But really studies demonstrate the opposite, that when you are compassionate and understanding with yourself, you're actually more likely to persevere beyond failure because when you're hard on yourself, it's like failure is the worst thing that can happen. And then you personalize it and think, I did terribly because there's something wrong with me or because I'm not good enough. And so that actually makes it harder to try and to continue going. But when you can be compassionate, you actually can experience more of that understanding of, okay, it's normal and understandable to fail and to make mistakes and that's okay. And this is, this is just part of being human. And, you know, I'm just going to keep going and see how I can move forward and learn from this. When we're struggling with those negative thoughts, and you've said that a few times, so it sounds like negative thinking is definitely one of the hallmarks of anxiety and, and that anxious thought. So when we're feeling negative and we know that what we're saying is negative to ourselves, how do we stop that? How do we change that track? Yeah, so I think the first step is really awareness because we can so often get caught up in autopilot of having the same kinds of thoughts and speaking the same way to ourselves that we're not even aware of it because it's just it just like you said before, it feels normal and it's something that you probably have been doing for years if not decades, if not your whole life and so it's just that's just the way that you think about things. But many times people don't realize that the way you think about things influences the way that you feel, which influences the things that you do, the way that you interact with people around you. So when we look at our ways of thinking, it's not to judge yourself for having negative thoughts, because then if if you're judging the negative thoughts, you're just creating more of the same. You're just adding and piling more negativity on top of it. But it's about noticing it and bringing awareness to it. So this can be done through meditation or through journaling or just throughout your day intentionally saying, okay, I'm going to try and notice more what kind of thoughts I'm having. And when you can start to recognize how mean you probably are to yourself and how not just the way you speak to yourself, but also the way that you think about outcomes or the things that are happening in your life. If you find that it's always the worst case scenario or focusing on the negative, that's not a realistic way of viewing things because the negative outcome is one possibility, but there are so many other possibilities as as well. So first it's having an awareness of the way that you're thinking and then also putting it into perspective and asking, you know, how likely is it that this worst case scenario is actually going to happen? Am I making it out to be bigger in my mind? Realizing that that's just something we do as humans as a way of protecting ourselves. So it's more advantageous to look out for, you know, the lion coming after you in the, I was going to say in the woods, but I guess like in the savannah or wherever, than it is to find a very juicy berry or something. And so it's protective for us to look out for the negative. But in our modern lives, 
we're very rarely in situations where we're actually in physical or, you know, significant danger. So recognizing that even if the worst does happen, um, you can cope with it. You can deal with it. And even if it's hard, you'll be able to work through it. I think it's interesting when there are people who want to achieve a lot. And and again, like this is very common in our culture. I think we're set up for what we do is what we're praised for. The more we do, the more busy we say we are, the more that's lauded. So it can be really hard to pull ourselves out and try to change that kind of like grinding and hustling and you know forcing things to happen when it's so approved of in our society. When it comes to people who are high achievers, and they want to be successful, but yet there's this anxiety going. And, and like you said, sometimes you're even being busy to, to avoid some of those feelings. What do we do to actually help ourselves understand we don't need to have that kind of almost burnout factor or maybe even go into burnout in order to achieve success, in order to have actual results? Yeah, and I think that's really the double-edged sword there, that success and doing well and achievement and attention to detail, all of those things are often celebrated. All of them are looked upon as being strengths and positive, and they are. And I think it's not about the outcome, but it's about, you know, how are you getting there? Because if you are completely miserable and burning the candle at both ends and not fully present in your life and always worrying about things or thinking about the worst case scenario, then is it really worth it to have that success? I think that many times we can feel like, okay, I just need to work harder and achieve more and then I'll be happy. And so there is this focus on the outcome and what that will get you. Or, you know, I just need to check these things off of my to-do list and then I can relax. But really, oftentimes that time never comes because then there's always going to be something more. There's always going to be another step that you can move forward. Maybe it's another position or another promotion or more income or more things that need to be done around the home or whatever else it might be. And so I I think that what can be helpful if you find that you're caught in that trap and that cycle is focusing on how can you enjoy the process more? Because when you can start to actually take time to take care of yourself and and listen to yourself, then that's going to, you know, and this is something that is not done overnight. You know, of course, this is something that takes time, but that is something that's going to allow you to then, um, quote unquote, like show up as your best self and feel better in the process. So you can't, it's funny because I've listened to like two different podcasts recently where they said this quote, but it's this idea of like, you can have it all, but you just can't have it all at the same time. And so part of that includes, you know, assessing if you are on the verge of burnout or if you are feeling really overwhelmed, are there things that you can say no to? Are there boundaries that you can set in your day? And I think that kind of working backwards, it it can help to assess what is really important to you in life. Because of course, you know, making income, making a living, being able to support yourself is important. 
And also, I would guess for many people, it could be, you know, spending time with your loved ones, spending time on traveling, whatever it is for you. And so looking at is the way that you're living your life now falling in alignment with those things that are important to you? And if not, even if it's just taking one small step in that direction, that can actually help to decrease the stress and anxiety you may be feeling. So if you're listening to this right now, And you're thinking, okay, I was thinking maybe I was just like a little bit worried about things, but it was justified. And now you're starting to wonder, hmm, maybe I actually have anxious tendencies or maybe I actually am a high functioning anxious person. What is it that we could ask ourselves right now that would would let us know, like, yes, this is something that I actually should be working through. It isn't it isn't just a a once in a while thing. This is something that's impeding my life. Yeah, so I think it can help to to look at how you're feeling internally, you know? Are you in this place where you're constantly overthinking things and focusing on the negative? Is it hard for you to notice the things that are going well and you're always focused on, okay, but what's going to go wrong? Or, you know, what needs to be fixed? Or how can I do this better? So it's really about your perspective and how you feel. If you find that you're oftentimes focusing on the negative. And if you find that you're always feeling um, overwhelmed and maybe you're having physical symptoms of anxiety, so that can look like difficulty taking a deep breath, can look like your heart beating quickly, tension in your body, numbness, tingling, you know, digestive, digestive issues, um, brain fog. So there can be many ways that anxiety can also show up physically. And if you're experiencing that, then oftentimes that's a sign that, okay, something's going on here. And of course, if it's not, you know, if we're ruling out that it's not a medical issue, then many times that is our body letting us know that something needs to be changed here. And so maybe it is taking your time, more time for yourself, looking at the way that you're thinking about things and checking in with your emotions more, setting more boundaries. So there can be different avenues that you can look at. But really, if you're noticing that you're in that place, know that it is possible to make changes so that you're no longer feeling that way and so that you're no longer in this place where you're like white knuckling it through life. I love that you say that. I think it's important and maybe we'll end with this, but I think it's important for people to understand that if you are experiencing this, if this is a part of your life, if you think that this is the norm, maybe as far back as you can remember, Or it could be something that has, you know, reappeared after time as well, that there is definitely support around this. There is definitely hope and you can come out of this. I know for me personally, I definitely wish I had known much earlier in my journey that what I was experiencing was anxiety. And it wasn't until it was actually totally incapacitating that I finally understood. Somebody finally, you know, put that that label on it for me and then I could get help. So If you're hearing this and you're just wondering about it, I think this is a really great place to be able to start asking those questions. But do know that this is not something that you have to live with forever. Yeah, absolutely. And Taddy, what would you say when it comes to just as far as getting help? What are some of the ways that we can look for help? Because I know you definitely are a resource. We'll have all your information in the show notes. But what are some steps that we can take? Yeah. So I think first is just 
reflecting and taking a step back and and assessing how it is you feel about how things currently are when it comes to the way that you're feeling, when it comes to the way that you're thinking about things. There are many different avenues to get support, and it really just depends on what you feel comfortable with, what calls to you. You know, of course, you can seek out therapy, and that can be finding somebody in your area and looking for support in that way. It can also look like listening to podcasts or other resources that are going to help you to start to think about and look at things in a different way. I have a podcast on where I focus on high-functioning anxiety, calmly coping. So if you're looking for more support in that way. And, you know, as well, if you want to start, even if it's just taking five minutes a day for yourself to take care of yourself and emotionally. So maybe that looks like I mentioned meditating or writing down how you're feeling in a journal. It could be stretching your body or doing some sort of physical activity. It could be, you know, just being open with a friend or family member about how you're feeling and what's going on for you. That can be really powerful. Just um, being open with somebody that you feel comfortable with because, you know, many times it can be, we could feel like we need to deal with it all on our own. And that we don't deserve to have these stresses or worries or struggles, but or it's not big enough for us to complain about or whatever it might be. First of all, it's not complaining. You know, it's it's really just letting out what's going on for you so that, you know, you can feel some sort of release and then hopefully get some level of support, even if it's just somebody listening to you. And then more actionably, I have a quiz that you can take if you're not sure, do I have high-functioning anxiety or not? I have a free quiz that you can take that will let you know, and then I'll give you more resources with the first steps to help support you along the way. Perfect. So we're going to put that quiz in the show notes. Feel free to go there and grab that and take a look so that you can get some support. And Taddy, tell us, what is the best place to connect with you? Yeah, so you can connect with me. You can start You can listen to my podcast, Call Me Coping. I also have a free Facebook community for high achievers who are struggling with high-functioning anxiety, also called Call Me Coping. So you can also connect with me there. Perfect. And my last question for you, because I ask every guest this, what do you relate to the most, being a people pleaser, a perfectionist, or a procrastinator? I would say probably, I mean, I could relate with all three of them in some way, but probably mostly the perfectionist. I used to be much more of a a people pleaser, but I'd say perfectionism is something that I've definitely overcome in many ways, but I still notice comes up from time to time. Like, let me do the perfect, I need to make the perfect podcast episode or write this perfect email or whatever it might be. So that still comes up from time to time. Definitely. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. I so appreciate that you are here to share with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Dawn. And I love the topic of your podcast and everything. And I think it's great that you're sharing all these insights with the world. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you found value in what you heard, please share it with a friend and rate and review us on whatever platform you listen on. It really helps get us out to other women who could benefit from listening. Check out our show notes for details from the show and to connect with me or our guests. Want to continue the conversation? my website is pursueprogress.com or DM me at Pursue Progress with Dawn on Instagram. Until next week, pursue progress no matter how imperfectly.